Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the Big Show, brought to you by Big O. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Uh, and auto repair, of course, uh, they can be an unexpected expense. That's why they offer no credit needed financing with pay nothing today options. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to Ben Maller coming up here momentarily. He does overnights on Fox Sports Radio. We'll get to his thoughts. We'll, we'll kind of keep the discussion NBA related, but uh, I think Ben covers it all on his show. So we really can throw whatever at him. Okay, let's do it then. I can see you cooking up a curveball now. No, I just, you know, it's fun to talk to somebody you can lob, lob everything at. Yeah, no doubt. All right, out to the Zone phone we go. You can hear them right here on these airways, part of the Zone Sports Network on Fox Sports Radio from midnight to 4 a.m. He is Ben Maller with us here on The Big Show. Ben, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I thank you guys for letting me have a hostile takeover every night on the airwaves here. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I, I, I've got to tell you, as you know, of course, in this business, sometimes you work some weird hours, you know, doing post games and all those uh, all those sorts of things. So i got to tell you, you've kept me company on many uh, uh, a drive home at night, and uh, we're big fans around here. So we appreciate Well, that. I appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, we have some interesting cats to call up in the middle of the night. That That's is a I'll fact. Say. Well, <laughs> yeah, but you got you to understand that Jake is a lonely man, you know. And so, hey, I listen hey, to a lot of sports radio. <laughs> I think there's help. You can get help for that, Jake. I, I, I know. I need it. Uh, ben, let's start out. With, let's talk some NBA. Uh, of course, uh, the Jazz, uh, as you know, a big deal around here. First place in the West, at least for now. Tough loss last night against Golden State. But give us kind of a nutshell, your thoughts on the Utah Jazz and uh, being a, a contender for the title. Well, so my perspective on the Jazz, guys, I, I think – Great regular season. There's nothing you can really nitpick, and I love to nitpick. We all love to nitpick in sports radio, but there's nothing you really nitpick about the Jazz in the regular season. The problem is they haven't proven anything, and, and this and we're reminded every year when the postseason comes around, it's a totally different ecosystem, and the games are played with a little more intensity. The, the big thing is also the officiating seems a lot different in key moments in the NBA playoffs, and we also see guys choke. Uh, so I'm a pessimist. Now, I do think the Jazz, uh, because of the regular season, I have them up near the, the Clippers, for example, my, my big board. Uh, but I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. My main point of contention, guys, is Donovan Mitchell. Like, you look at the Jazz at the end of games. Like Most of these games are close in the playoffs. Who's going to be the guy to step up? It's really got to be uh, Donovan at the end of those games there. And I'm a skeptic. So he's he's had a good regular season and all that, but I've seen sporadic moments in the playoffs. So that's my my jazz breakdown in a nutshell. What do you think of Rudy Gobert? I like Rudy Gobert, but I think in the playoffs, that style, I don't know how, how effective that's going to be because you know, he is limited. He's very good right around the rim, as we've seen with the, you know, the jazz over the years, but he doesn't really have any game outside of a few feet. And so there's ways you can play the Jazz that really uh, expose uh, Rudy Gobert, I think. But we'll find out. I mean, listen, the, the Jazz, if you look at the Western Conference, 
it's generally a, a war of attrition, and the, the Jazz are healthier than most of the other teams, so that's an advantage in their in their favor. What do you think about the Suns? You put them in the same category as the Jazz? No, I actually don't. I, I downgrade the Suns, and uh, now I, I admit this is a little neurosis. I'm a Clipper apologist, and uh, Chris Paul is the guy. I've seen this guy puke before in the playoffs with the Clippers, and uh, I just don't trust. Him. He's got to be the rock of Gibraltar, and and you guys know how this goes. Generally, there's a cadence. There's you got to pay your dues in the NBA playoffs, and that core, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, uh, those guys are good, and they played well, and the Suns obviously are, have been right there at the very top of the Western Conference all year. I just don't buy that they're going to put it all together in the playoffs, and uh, so I I have the Suns down a little bit in uh, in my a meticulous grading system of the Western Conference. So essentially what you're saying is you've got to see it to believe it. If they do it uh, once, then maybe you would believe that they'll do it again. But until then, you're going to reserve judgment or you're going to reserve praise anyway. Well, yeah, and, and plus my, my main thing is like with Chris Paul. I, I saw this guy. I was at a game against the, the Clip When he was playing for the Clippers, they played the Rockets. It was I think it was game six of a playoff series. And uh, they just completely gagged the 15-point lead uh, away. And a lot of that was Chris Paul and just not making plays. And uh, so I don't trust him, and I'm not, I'm not convinced on those other guys. So you know, not that the Suns have not had a wonderful regular season also, but as we talked about with the Jazz, you know, in the playoffs in general, it's a, it's a totally different animal. Ben Maller is with us from Fox Sports Radio. Ben, do the Lakers get healthier or get it together in time to make a playoff run, or do we just not know? Well, if you gave me a thousand bucks and said, "All right, you got to bet on the Lakers to win the championship or not win the championship," I'd obviously bet on them not winning the championship. I am surrounded, guys, by myopic Laker uh, historians who are convinced <laughs> that everything is going to come together like Voltron for the Lakers once the playoffs start. And I think you want to play the Lakers. Uh, in the playoffs, uh, you know, who knows? They're going to be in the play-in round, it would appear. We're in the last week now. So it looks like they're going to be in the play-in round, barring a miracle turn of events here. So for the, for the narrow-minded, it, it's, it's, as we said, the healthiest team. It's my belief, the healthiest team that wins. And if you look at the Lakers, LeBron James is 36. He's got a really messed up ankle. He was supposed to come back and play tonight against the Knicks. He's not going to do that. The ankle's not right. It likely will not be right. Uh, until next season. And Anthony Davis is the living embodiment of Humpty Dumpty. So uh, you, you want to play the, the Lakers because those other guys were, have been exposed here over the last couple of months when they've had to step up with LeBron Hurt and Anthony Davis. You know, spoiler alert, they're not that good. Uh, you know, nor would you expect them to be that good as backup guys. So, no, I think the team you would like to play early is the Lakers because you got LeBron dinged up and Anthony Davis and like if you're a team like the Jazz, for example, you or the Clippers, you want to play them early and then force LeBron and Anthony Davis to have to make plays because those guys are fragile. So, Ben, if the Jazz did play the Lakers, uh, would you pick the Jazz? Well, you you do know I'm a, a historic Laker hater, so of course I would pick the Jazz <laughs> in that in, in that series. But but no, listen, I think the Jazz. Uh, if you. I have to see Donovan Mitchell. That's the thing, as I said, that's the thing that scares me about the Jets, that final couple of minutes, crunch time, who's going to rise up. And you know, maybe it's, it's, it's Conley. I mean, it could be somebody else. But I, it, to me, it's got to be uh, Spider Mitchell. He's got to be the guy that does it at the end of those games. 
Ben, switching gears uh, just a little bit, uh, we were talking before you came on the show that you, of course, cover it all on your show so we can uh, hit a few different things with you. But uh, give us your thoughts on Zach Wilson and his kind of meteoric uh, rise uh, this year at BYU and getting taken by the Jets. Well, it's a blessing and a curse, right? It's a blessing because you, you're going to make all that money as the number two pick, and the curse is you have to play for the Jets, which is uh, which is a nightmare. But, no, was, I, I, I didn't see too much of Zach Wilson. I've, saw, I've seen a lot of highlights, and uh, obviously we all, before the draft, read a bunch of scouting reports. And uh, but by the sounds of it and what I saw, I mean, it certainly looks like the type of quarterback I like as far as accuracy and whatnot in the NFL. Uh, but you know, I hope I hope he, he's prepared, guys, because the 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 Jets and the Jets fan base they, they will eat him alive. He's he's really got to get off to a good start because if he he comes out of the gates and you say, well, you can have a slow beginning, but there's no other backup quarterback. He's going to be the guy from day one, which I think is good. I think you can throw these guys out there. I believe in the sink and swim uh, mantra for for young quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, but he's got a he's got a brass ring opportunity. I mean, this is a great opportunity for him that he, he's going to play right away. But it's not completely great because he's got to play for the Jets, and there's a history of uh, debacles at quarterback there. And where are you on the Aaron Rodgers saga? I hope it never ends. I, I get <laughs> content every night, guys. I get to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's wonderful. I love that he's having a public hissy fit. And the great thing about it for guys like us that do sports radio is it plays out on, you know, we get updates every day. Like Aaron Rodgers is feeding stuff to his buddies in the NFL media. The Packers are feeding stories to their, uh, their friends in the media. And so like we, which like back and forth dueling pianos here every day, there's a new update on this, that, or the other thing with Aaron Rodgers. I do think this is the rare and appropriate exception to the rule where if Aaron Rodgers is really, uh, you know, chapped at the Packers, if this is not being embellished, but I don't think it is, then he has the muscle to get traded where some of these other guys don't have the cachet that Aaron Rodgers has. So this is, this is to me, this one's different. And, you know, and the Packers have a weird setup, as you guys know, with their community-owned team. It's not the normal – uh, set up where you have the, you know, the face of the franchise and ownership. They're not like that. They, they have a, they have a different, different cadence there in green Bay. But I think if Rogers is really hell bent and getting out of Wisconsin, he will be playing somewhere else. He might be playing for the, 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 uh, the team in Washington though, which he might not want. So that part of it's up in the air. So uh, is Tim Tebow hurting for money or what? Does he need the dough? No, he's hurting for something more important than money. Attention, all right? That's much more important than money. Tebow's got money. He's made a lot of money. And, uh, you know, he just wants, he doesn't want to give it up, right? You don't, want to, you, you don't want to give the uniform up, the spotlight, the limelight, and all that. I thought you got that on television, though. I thought when you did TV, you got a lot of attention and people uh, celebrating you and all that. Uh, but, hey, I, the guy wants to play, and this is the, the most important lesson. I, I did uh, some rants about this over the last couple of days about Tim Tebow is uh, it, it's a reminder that in life it's not really how good you are or you know, how much education you have. It's who you know, really. And Urban Meyer, I mean, Urban Meyer is his neighbor in Jacksonville, the coach. Uh, so there's a, there's a kinship there between these two guys going back to the Florida Gator days. And, and he's willing to take a minimum contract and play tight end. And, and now he's ruffling the feathers. All these guys getting all upset around the NFL. Uh, I see these little – chirping comments because they're not happy that Tebow's coming back. It is an odd story, right? You don't usually take almost a decade off from from a regular season NFL game and come back. He's he's getting special treatment, 
but he knows people. That's how it works. Ben, where are you on the Bob Baffert situation? You know, he uh, he had his fifth uh, medical violation in the last 13 months. Obviously, he's Kentucky Derby winning horse. Uh, now uh, that's in jeopardy. And he said that his horse had never had the steroid uh, that was uh, found in the testing. And now today he says, oops, yeah, uh, they, that was applied for soreness or whatever, some sort of ointment of some kind. Is this guy just a flat-out cheater? And do you, how prevalent do you think cheating is across all walks of life in sports? Yeah, well, you know, as a, as a cynic, I, I think that, that cheating is uh, is widespread. Although there's more there's more blatant stuff that you can't allow, like when the Astros were banging on trash cans and all that stuff. And I we've ranted a lot about that in the overnight. But you know, I, I've interviewed Bob Baffert. Actually, I used to have when I was doing stuff uh, years ago. I had to go out to Santa Anita here in L.A. and I, I uh, interviewed him a few times. And he was a very nice guy, Bob Baffert. But he's in horse racing by definition. Of all the sports, the ones that the dirt is the dirtiest is horse racing, and I love going to the track and you know betting on the ponies and all that. But I also know that it's a total crapshoot because we don't know who's getting the right cocktail of uh, of drugs and whatnot. But I I do like the about face from Bob Baffert, the uh, the backpedal drill at the, the NFL Combine where he uh, blames sabotage, and I love the urine soaked hay. That was one of the great excuses I've ever heard from someone caught in a cheating scandal uh, that the, the uh, horse ate the hay that was soaked in contain, you know, contaminated urine. But, no, Bob Baffert's uh, shady. Every, a lot of those guys in horse racing are shady. But ultimately, what's going to come of it, Bob Baffert's the biggest name in that business. Right? Are they willing to sacrifice Bob Baffert to make it appear, to give the illusion that, that just by getting rid of Bob Baffert, you're going to clean up horse racing I, I will believe it when I see it on that one as well because I, I don't believe that ultimately anything's going to come of this. He'll be you know suspended for a brief period of time, but I, I would be very surprised if we get around to the Kentucky Derby next year and Baffert's not at Churchill Downs. You, are you to the point now when you see anything remarkable happen in sports that you're a tad bit suspicious? I, I don't know if I'm completely there. But I do, you know, even like the Russell Westbrook triple-double thing, I couldn't take that seriously. I'm, a lot of people celebrating Westbrook in the NBA, just as an example for context, because I remember seeing those videos when he was in Oklahoma City, and they were totally stuffing. The, the, they were giving artificial rebounds where teammates were running out of the way of the basketball so Westbrook could could get that final couple of rebounds to get the triple-double. So, like, so yeah, I, I'm cynical. I, I always I want to make sure what I'm seeing is legit. Like when I'm watching something, I don't want to I don't want to be you know, hornswoggled into thinking that what I'm watching is uh, you know is is real and it's really not real. It's it's deception. Last thing for me, Ben, before we let you go, you alluded to your callers uh, and doing overnights. I know you you uh, get some uh, strange callers, and I I just this is my my question. This is my radio curiosity. Uh, what's the most memorable call you've taken? <laughs> In the overnight. Uh, well, I mean, it, 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 you know, this week has been crazy. I mean, I've had, I had a woman, my, my most uh, memorable caller of all times is a woman, Jeannie in Medford. She passed away a couple years, Medford, Oregon. But it's the funniest story because uh, she started calling me, this kind of old woman, you know, kind of a raspy voice, had a hard life. She starts calling me up every night. She's not even really a sports fan. And I found out that, 
she had gotten arrested for calling 911. She was just like a lonely woman. And she, so the people at the police department were like, hey, you should probably just call a radio station. So she uh, she found the radio station and she became this big, big star caller. But, yeah, I mean, I've had I've had uh, down the list this week. I've had guys that have uh, called up that work in the funeral business that have given me very graphic details about working in that industry, which is very ghoulish <laughs> in the overnight. I've had people vomit on the air. Uh, I've had I had Doc, uh, Doc Mike, my caller from Chicago. This is actually a great classic overnight radio story. So years ago, Cubs opening day, Doc Mike, my guy from Chicago, he calls me up. This is like right after I got off the air. It's the middle of the night, early in the morning in Chicago. And he's like, hey, he's doing play-by-play as he's dropping a, a bloody goat head off outside Wrigley Field. So <laughs> I, I wake up, right? The next day I wake up, and the Cubs opener had been rained out. And the, the lead story was, you know, somebody dropped off a goat head at Wrigley Field. The mayor of Chicago uh, at the time, Rahm Emanuel, was like, hey, we're going to use all police resources to just try to find out who put this goat head at Wrigley Field. And it was, <laughs> it was just a, a surreal, uh, surreal experience. Because on, on the play-by-play of what happened, it was pretty amusing. So you just don't even know what's coming when that phone line is hit. Uh, could no, be no, and we, you know, we uh, we do not have the most intense screening process because I think <laughs> because it's, you know you guys are big star afternoon drive guys. I'm an overnight guy, so <laughs> we have more leeway where we don't have the uh, you know the bosses micromanaging and all that. So we can have some more fun and kind of you know at least with the callers and trying to you know goof around a little bit with these guys. Uh, but yeah, we've had some real cartoon characters over the years that have called up. I think that's pretty cool that you develop relationships with these it's, folks. It's great. It's a it's a great part of the show. It really is. Well, thank you. I mean, they are part of it. You know, we don't have uh, – we're on the middle of the night, so we don't really have guests or anything like that. I, I save that stuff. I do a podcast on the weekend, so we do some of that stuff on the podcast. But, yeah, it's pretty much just me yapping and uh, talking to random people who drive trucks and work in mortuaries and <laughs> bake donuts and things like that. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're ever uh, looking for a great guest, my partner Gordon here would be happy to jump oh, yeah. on with you anytime. Uh, we'll, have to get you on the, we'll have to get you on the podcast one of these weeks <laughs> for right. sure. Well, Ben, thank you very much for jumping on with us. Uh, that was great to have you on the show, and we'll be listening. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Ben Maller, Fox Sports Radio. You can catch him from midnight to four right here on the Zone Sports Network. Doesn't really believe in the jazz. No, and uh, wants to kind of see it from Donovan Mitchell. My, I mean, uh, I get that point, but, you know, Donovan, he beat Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, for that matter, his rookie year. Yeah, but I think he's being held to a different standard now. You mean like doing something in the playoffs that only like three other guys have done? <laughs> like he did last year? <laughs> I mean, getting past the first round yeah. and the Which second round. Which he's done before, yeah. How about, how about a conference final showing? Uh, how about a final? <laughs> yeah, How about that, too? No, I, I hear it. Because, you know, when you ask him about it, do you believe in the Jazz? What do you think of the Jazz? Then they automatically go to the extreme. You know, can this best record in the NBA, is it the best team in the NBA? Okay, that's a high standard. And he wants to see it before he believes it fully. And really, that's a standard that the Jazz need to buy into a little bit. And they know it. They know there are people out there that haven't seen it yet, and so they don't believe it. Well, show them. He does get some pretty wild colors on that show. So uh, is there like a regular donut baker that gives him a call? He, he does have his regular callers, but he gets some, some you know, some out there stuff. 
The, the so sobriety level of most yes. callers is very low. Or questionable at very least. Yeah. yeah. And how does, how does Ben respond to that typically? Mocking them. He's usually. so good at it. Yeah, he is good is at he, it. Is he pretty rough on them? I don't know about rough. It's That, that sounds so mean, but, uh, you know, he teases them a little bit. How about that? Like what? He says uh, sober up? Points that out, yeah, that they probably should. I feel, I feel, you know, his producer Justin Cooper was the kid in Liar Liar. Oh, really? No, he was a child actor. He was uh, Max in Liar Liar. I feel so uh, unaccomplished as your producer now. He's had a whole other career. Why were were you you a child star, Austin? (laughs) Come on, Austin, you were a star in uh, in a play. You know, (laughs) yeah, not with Jim Carrey. Well, that didn't matter because Jim Carrey hogged all the money anyway. Uh, and I'm not so sure that a kid that young is really getting a role like that for their acting prowess. Oh, ho, ho. Coop's going to be all over you. I'm not trying to insult the guy. I'm just saying, you know. Look at you going after six-year-olds. Were, were Mary-Kate and Ashley talented <laughs> actresses or were they cute babies? I don't know, but they're awfully rich now. Yeah, they did cash and it in. awfully not messed up. I haven't been following, you know, I've been, uh, I keep up on my celebrity news. I haven't been following Mary Kate and Ashley much. But anyway, I look at, I look at, and I say, wow, he went from that to producing Ben's show and I'm still here. So, oh, oh, wear like a, you know, like a badge. (laughs) All right. More next 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.